Thank you, Pastor Joseph. Thank you, team. Can we put our hands together and just thank the worship team? Do an awesome job. Do a fantastic job. Actually, can we ask the keyboard man with the piano man, could you just stay and do some you know, spiritual things behind there? Just because I, I just want to share something. Um, because I'm, I don't know how we'll end and all that kind of thing. And I always forget things sometimes. And I don't want to forget this because as I was praying this afternoon, uh, I, I really felt God speak to me about the church and uh, speak about that there is, a, there is an anointing of fruitfulness upon this house. And there is an anointing of fruitfulness uh, upon you, Pastor Mark, upon you, and Nina, and, uh, and the team. I have been so impressed with the team. If you're part of this church or you're wondering if this is a good church to be planted, not planted, planted, then I want to tell you that this church, uh, its best days are still ahead. Uh, but there is, there is an anointing of fruitfulness on this place. And God gave me a picture. It's crazy of an orchard. Like I don't get like a prophetic picture of an orchard. And I felt the Lord, and I'm looking at this thing saying, God, what is that? What, like, what's an orchard? What would you? And it was God. God said, hey, a lot of people want to see a harvest. A lot of people want to gather the fruit. They want to see that. But you can't have a harvest without the trees being planted. You, you can't reap apples without that orchard being put in place. But here's the thing that I felt the Lord say, that even if you have an orchard, you still won't see the fruitfulness unless the orchard is healthy. And the orchard cannot be healthy unless there is someone who tends those trees. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, what, Pastor Mark and Nina, what you have been doing is you've been tending, you've been looking after those trees that God has given to you. Uh, the, the strength that is in the, the youthfulness of your team and the, and the depth and the breadth of your team. Uh, and God gave them to you and you have cared for them. You have, you have laid a foundation of unity in this place. And the strength of the church is not based in giftedness. It's not based in, in leadership skills and abilities and finance. The strength of any church is based primarily on the degree of unity that God finds in it. All those other things can be developed. All those other things over time can be massaged and can grow. But not if there's no foundation of unity. And I felt God say, you have built that unity upon the team. And with that unity, there will come a, a, a fruitfulness. Those trees that have been planted, they're going to bear a great, great, great crop. And God is telling me also to, to plant more trees. Those that you've already planted will bear much fruit. There is an anointing of fruitfulness, but it also will be multiplied. God's saying, do not just rely on those that I have brought to you now, this season, but be looking, be multiplying. Be like the one of the man of the orchard who wants to plant in new areas, who wants a, another paddock, who wants a, another orchard over here. Do not be satisfied with the orchard that you have or the plants or the leaders that you have or the people that you have right now because God wants to multiply the harvest and He can only multiply the harvest as you multiply multiply the orchard that is there and then continue to care for them. But know this, that it won't just be you, but it will be your team that will also be caring for those new leaders, those new orchards that are planted. And you will see multiplication. You will see a harvest and you will be able to look back in years to come and be able to say, look what God has done. We thought it was exciting back in 2022. We came out of COVID and look what God has started to do. Can I tell you, I want to tell you that for from around the nation. There are very few churches that are bouncing back from COVID as healthy as what I sense here. This is not common. This is not common. 
And so I just want to pray for Pastor Mark and Nina. Would you just stand and I'll, I'll come down because I can, I can get in pots and I can do anything. Like I can come off platform. We just reach out your hand. Father, I just pray for Mark and Nina. I thank you for them and I lay my hands upon them. And I speak blessing and favor. I speak increased wisdom and anointing. I thank you for the wisdom that is already upon them. I thank you, Father, for the incredible, unique partnership that you have brought to this couple. Lord, a powerful spiritual partnership. Not just a great marriage, not just a great home, but a powerful spiritual partnership. And I thank you, Lord, that as they have labored and as they have tended those that you have given them, Lord, I thank you for that multiplication. And I thank you with the multiplication will not come a burden of striving, but will come an ease, will come an ease of your anointing that they will continue to do what they've always done, but they will see a season of increased harvest and fruitfulness by your anointing and by your hand. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on, church. Why don't you put your hands together, Shepherd, and love for these two. I'm telling you, get ready, church. I'm not going to jump back. I'm going <laughs> to Come on, you've got to make some concessions for a 65-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mr. Keyboard Man, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. How many people believe that Pastor Joshua, not Joe, anyone who can grow a beard like that, Joshua? <laughs> Joe, Joe was a bit loose today, like, so I have to bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> well, I want to just share something really briefly tonight, if I can. Pray for me. Um, just around stepping into the season of 2022 with a, a confident expectation of the goodness and favor of God. Yes. You know, one of, the, one of the devastating consequences of the season that we are emerging from now globally, but here in Australia, is the fact that for many people, and I'm not being super spiritual here, but for many people and as nations, uh, we've been affected by fear. Uh, and, and we've stopped dreaming. And, and instead of believing to be able to take new territory and believing to, to step forward with confidence and believing, many of us have been enveloped by a cloak of fear and we've actually lost confidence in moving forward. And I don't know about you, but I don't think that's the God that we serve. I think the God that we serve says that I want to do something exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what you could ever dream or imagine. But before we can step into the good things and the great things that God has planned, we've got to have an expectation. Because God looks for a confident expectation in our hearts. Uh, he looks for a church, he looks for a husband, he looks for a wife, he looks for a young person, he looks for an individual that is ready to stand in faith and say, I believe God for good things to come my way. I want us to look at an example of what that really means. Uh, Joshua chapter 3 and verse 2, we're going to pick up the story. If, if you know the context here, um, the, the, the people of Israel have been in the, in the desert uh, for 40 years, just going around and round and round in the wilderness. They're supposed to be in the promised land, but they, they've fallen into unbelief and God had to change a whole generation. But now they are back and about to cross over into the promised land. God has spoken to Joshua as the leader and given him instructions about how they're to cross the Jordan River, which is in flood. 
It's an impossible situation for them. But God speaks to uh, Joshua, gives him instructions. They're, they're very, very limited instructions. How many people have noticed when God speaks, he's very short on detail? Yeah. <laughs> There's two things we love. We love comfort and we love a sense of control. We, we, we don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like to be unsure. And we, we sort of like to know what are the steps, God? Tell me how this is going to plan out. But God's often short on detail because he's not looking necessarily for our understanding. He's looking for our obedience. And every parent knows that, hey, sometimes you don't have time to go and explain everything to the child. You've just got to tell them, no, this is what I need you to do. Because you're looking for obedience. And as that child obeys and as we obey, God will open the waters. And so all God says to Joshua is just, send, just go and get the priest and get him to stand in the water. That's it. And so that's where we jump in. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 2, it says, After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. And when they see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and to follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do. Everyone say, will do. do. Amazing things among you. It's an outstanding verse. Because in the natural, going on the instructions that he had, there was absolutely no reason to, to feel confident. In the natural, it was an absolute impossibility. As I said, they had a river and the river was in flood. They'd been in the wilderness for 40 years. I don't think any of them would have known how to swim. There were no bridges. There were no boats. And if by some random thing that they actually got across to the other side, there were walled cities, there were giants, there was jet like it was just absolutely impossible in the natural, which makes me think, I wonder what you're looking at right now in the natural. See, if we look behind or we look around right now, a lot of us are looking at situations we never ever thought we'd have to look at. We're maybe looking at a loss of a job. Maybe we're looking at stresses at home in our relationships that we never thought we would face. Many of us, as we look into the new year of 2022, it's not necessarily looking good. But the wonderful thing about God is that he's actually not too fussed about our circumstances are. He actually just wants to know what's going on in our heart because he's actually got the plans already. All he needs to know is whether we're going to step into obedience and allow him to open up the floodgates and allow him to open up and pour down his blessing upon us. Everything was against it. And yet Joshua in that situation was able to stand before all the people and make a bold declaration. Hey, tomorrow... It's going to be a good day. Can I say to you today, the Holy Spirit wants you to be able to stand in your place, be able to stand in your circumstance and be able to say, hey, I believe it's going to be a good day tomorrow. God's going to do something absolutely amazing. How how do we get there? How do do we go into life? How do we go into a dark situation with with a confident expectation, no matter what I see, God is going to do good things? And can I say, the first thing is this, we actually just have to make a decision. Can I say, confidence, a confident expectation is a choice long before it's emotion. Can I tell you, if you're waiting for an emotion of faith, you might be waiting for a long, long time. Faith is actually a choice. 
An expectation, a confident expectation is actually a choice that we make long before it's an emotion. I'm sure Joshua would have had all kinds of emotions going on, but he'd made a choice. He'd heard from God, he had a conviction, and he decided he was going to speak it out. But I'm sure there was nervousness, I'm sure there was hesitation, I'm sure he felt what we feel. But he overrode all of those feelings and made a choice to say, no, I believe that tomorrow God is going to do something great. Can I say to you tonight, I believe many of us talk ourselves out of the goodness and the grace and the blessing of God. And we, we come up with all kinds of reasons why good things aren't going to happen to us. Some of us blame our personalities. We just say, well, I'm not like, I'm not like Pastor Mark. He's always positive and he's always going on, banging on about the goodness of God, banging on about believing God for miracles. I'm not like Pastor Mark. In fact, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I don't get excited about anything, really. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a pessimist. We blame our personalities. I heard a great quote about a pessimist. He said this. <laughs> he was talking to himself. He said, listen, I said to myself, self, cheer up, because things could get worse. So I cheered up. Sure enough, things got worse. <laughs> a pessimist is always looking for the worst things instead of the, the good things. I love what Pastor David Cartledge said many, many, many years ago, a great apostolic father in this nation. He said, I used to be a natural pessimist, but I trained myself to be an optimist. I love that. I used to just naturally not expect good things, but I trained myself to have a confident expectation of what God was going to do. Sometimes we blame poor backgrounds and circumstances. We have a Gideon complex that says, well, I'm the least of the least, and I come from the least, and I this and that. We say, you don't know my background, Pastor. You don't know where I came from. I had all these kinds of addictions. I was bound here. You know, I've come from poverty. My father was poor. My dad was an alcoholic, whatever. And we blame all of the things in our background. But how many people know, hey, a bad start doesn't mean you can't have a good finish and one of the great things about the gospel is God just looks at wherever we come from and says that's cool <laughs> that's cool yeah I see you're broken I see you messed up I see you carry scars I know you got junk on your life but that doesn't worry me because I am the divine healer I am the one who can restore I am the one who can lift up a bad start does not dictate that we end up bad we can have a great a great 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 finish if we learn to trust we blame our backgrounds. We blame all kinds of things, past disappointments. I've tried that before. I came up to the altar and got the pastor to pray for me, anointed with the oil, he yelled at me, spat on me, nothing changed. <laughs> that wouldn't happen in merge, I know. <laughs> Sometimes we get excited, you know. The Israelites had been there 40 years ago, same place. I wonder how many people in the crowd were thinking, been here before I've heard about this place we got turned around had to go back <laughs> so many times we, we allow the past to dictate our future and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say hey do not do not let the frustrations and the disappointments of yesterday be the limitations of today we've got to understand that what's gone on in the past that's you can't do anything about that but what you can do is trust God for the great things to come up in the future so the first thing we've got to do is actually change our mindset and stop thinking like the world. Stop thinking like the things that hinder us and start thinking in the ways of kingdom. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can I tell you, I think we need to just exchange pandemic thinking to kingdom thinking. Yeah. 
You know, pandemic thinking just, it's just, it's just all gloom. It's just, oh, well, it's going to get worse before it gets better and it's going to be a slow recovery and, and, you know, we've got this happening and that happening. No, no, but kingdom, kingdom thinking, yeah, I see all that, but God is still on the throne. Pastor Mark prophesied that this morning. He encouraged the church here this morning to say, hey, no matter what's going on, Jesus is over it all. He's over it all. No matter what's going on in you, no matter what's going on around about you, no matter what's going on around the globe, Jesus is over it all. We have seasons but he's the Lord over every season that we ever go through. So we've got to change our mindset. And then we've got to understand in changing our mindset, learning to train our brains to be in line with the Word of God and not be saturated with the news, saturated with online media, saturated with all the bad stories. Listen, whatever you feed yourself on is going to manifest. And I think sometimes the easiest thing, if you want your faith level to, in, to rise up, if you want to develop a confident expectation, stop feeding yourself on the negativity of the world. Turn off your stupid news media. Turn off all of the stuff that we've been feeding on. Now, I'm not saying that we turn a blind eye. I'm saying watch what you feed on because we can become addicted to that stuff. It's crazy. We need to be addicted to the Word of God. Get yourself full of the Word of God. There's one characteristic that will will set aside a man or a woman that has a confident expectation, and it's this one, they feed on the Word of God. To feed on the Word of God. Here's another thing, if you want a confident expectation, understand it's actually not about you. It's not about you. I love it. Joshua said, tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. He didn't say, listen, it's okay. I'm the man. Tomorrow, watch what I can do. Because I've heard from God. Tomorrow, you're going to be amazed. I'm telling you. It'll blow your mind. Just watch me. He goes, tomorrow, God is going to do something amazing. we, we, We fall into the trap of thinking that it's about us. It's about our worthiness or our abilities or how good looking we are, how talented we are, how many scriptures we've memorized, whether we've been good, whether we've been bad, all of these things. But we've got to understand those things aren't the critical thing. The critical thing is that God has said that he wants to bless. And when a father says, I want to bless my family, I want to bless my... He's not measuring up the children saying, you can have this much blessing, you can have that. No, 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 no. He's saying, I, as your father, want to bless you. And I know that you're only a child. I know that you've got problems. I know that you're still growing. But what we do is get fixated on ourselves and again can disqualify ourselves. The Joshua brings it back and he says, no, 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 no. The Lord will do amazing things. Again, all God is looking for is not perfection. He's not even looking for maturity. He's simply looking for obedience. You wonder how you're going to break out of negativity. How are you going to break out of circumstances? How are you going to break out of this cycle of of stuff going on in your life that you're not happy with? It won't be by self-improvement. It will be simply by getting alone and hearing the Word of God. And whatever God is speaking to you, just simply say, yes, Lord. The key of obedience always releases. The key of obedience always opens the door of the blessing of God. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the wonder and the glory and the generosity and the favor and the grace that flows from heaven itself. He loves you. He wants to bless you just as you are. And all he looks for is obedience. 
See, it's interesting. They had no idea how it was going to happen. <laughs> Can I just say, stop trying to figure it out. <laughs> stop trying to figure it out. Young people, stop trying to figure out who it is. Who's she going to be? Who's he going to be? <laughs> stop it. <laughs> just get your eyes on God. Business people, stop trying to figure it all out. Just do what you can and trust God. Whatever it is that you're believing God for, stop trying to figure it out and trust God. They had no idea how he was going to do it. Even, they didn't even know when he did it. They, he, God actually worked the miracle long before they saw the evidence of it. If you know the scripture, it says the water stopped upstream, which meant a whole lot of water had to flow past them before they saw that it was gone. Oftentimes, a miracle has happened and we have no idea. We've been praying for someone. We've been praying for something, but we don't see it in now. But that doesn't mean it hasn't happened. God is outside our time frame. And he can work a miracle that we don't see it yet. But he says, still trust me. Still trust me. Still trust me. Do you know the God that has led you so far is not going to abandon you now? The God who had led his people, even though they were so rebellious, even though they were still full of doubt, even though he had to, to take out an entire he was still committed to that generation. He was still committed to them. Sometimes we get so fearful, oh God, have you abandoned me? God, have, you, have, I, have I failed? Am I out of your will? No, 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 no. God says this, I will fulfill the work that I began. He's committed to you. He's committed to you. I love it. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God doesn't give up on you. You might mess up. You might mess up really bad. <laughs> you might have messed up yesterday and you've dragged yourself into church feeling so unworthy. Maybe something happened a way long time ago and you thought, well, that's it. I've blown, the, the, I've blown my destiny. No, no, no. God says, what I start, I'm committed to. And it doesn't matter how much of a mess it gets in, in between. He says, no, no, no. I'm still going to make it happen. I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to pour out favor upon you. I don't know about you, but have you ever made a, a, an Ikea flat pack? I have never made an Ikea flat pack without also making a mess getting halfway through, not following the instructions, thinking, oh, I can do this. And what do you do? You end up with an absolute mess. And I don't know, when I'm halfway through building that thing and it's a mess, I feel like throwing it in the bin. I feel like cursing Ikea. I, and I just, I just want to like, what a stupid idea, and just throw it out. What was I thinking? What was I? God never knows what that feels like. He never knows what that feeling is like. He looks at us and when we make up a mess and we get in such a crazy place as he just goes, that's okay. Just come back. Just come back. I can fix it. I can make sure that what I started in your life, I'm going to bring to completion. How faithful is our God? How awesome is our God? I love it. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. I don't know about you. I haven't figured it all out. I don't know about you, but I make mistakes all of the time. But I never lose my confidence in the goodness of God. Because I know that no matter what mess I get into, He can redeem it. All I've got to do is just say, God, I'm back. I'm here. Will you help me? Will you help me? Will you help me? And he's there every single time. I want to invite the musicians to come because that'll help me to remember I've got to stop. <laughs> Here's the final thing. If you want to develop a confident expectation, you've actually got to watch the words that come out of your mouth. I, I love the vision statement that you've come into a new year. How, how apt is your vision statement to declare and proclaim? Yeah. 
How many people know that words create worlds? Words create worlds. And we've got to make sure, the Scripture says, that we've got to make sure the words that come out of our mouth, that, that, that it's, not, it's not pure one day, but uh, polluted the next day. We can't speak like the world one moment and then speak in faith another moment. We've got to make sure that no, no, we discipline our mind, but we discipline our confession as well. Proverbs 12, verse 14, from the fruits of their lips, people are filled with good things. You know, I love, you've, you've, got a great, you've got a great worship team here. And how easy is it to step into an atmosphere like these meetings and just to praise God, to worship God. When Jason just says, hey, come on, let's, let's just take a moment of prayer and thank God. Let's just take a moment of God and rededicate our lives. How easy is that in an atmosphere like this? But you know, without belittling that, without being trying to be offensive in any way at all, can I say sometimes our Sunday praise is cheap praise. I don't mean that in a harsh way. But sometimes it's so easy to praise God in an atmosphere like this. But what heaven's waiting for is what's coming out of our mouths on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What's coming out of our mouths when we're waiting in the hospital waiting room? What's coming out of our mouths when there's been a fight at home? What's coming out of our mouths when that car blows up on the side of the road? What's coming out of our mouths when the bank balance doesn't add up? Because those are the words that really shape our lives, not just a spiritual moment in church. What I love, as I said before about Joshua, was there was no evidence in the natural, nothing. And yet he stood there and he said, today I see a flooded river. Today I see an impossibility. But tomorrow God will do something amazing. That's the kind of spirit God wants to put into every single one of us. Can I encourage you? Get behind the vision of your pastors and say, no, no, we step into this new year. The confession of my mouth is I'm going to be a builder-upper and not a tearer-downer. I'm not going to be a grumbler. I'm going to be a man and a woman of faith. I'm not going to, you know, talk about the negativity possibilities. I'm going to confess the goodness of God in every situation. It doesn't mean we turn our back on the hard things. It just means we choose the atmosphere that we project in our lives. Because I'm telling you, God leans in. Heaven leans in. It catches every confession of faith. Many, 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 many years ago, my wife and I um, were living in this tiny little house. And uh, I don't know, we ended up with many more children than we had bedrooms. And if you've been there, it's chaotic. But we, we, were, we were in ministry and way back then, it was like survival week by week. No, no spare change. No spare change. We were just meeting the mortgage and all that kind of stuff. But God spoke to me one day and said, believe me. Believe me. And uh, I said, God, what, what, I, want, I need a bigger house. I need some bedrooms in this place. And so I just started praying. I said, God, you said, believe me, God, would you, would you do something? Out of the blue, this guy rang up and said, look, uh, God's been speaking to me. So this has never happened before. But God's told me to come and to draw up some, some plans for an extension for your house. I thought, that's cool. And then he said, and God's told me, I am not to charge you. I thought, that's really cool. <laughs> so he drew up these plans. Two bedrooms, another bathroom, another big living area. Like, it was awesome. And, uh, and then he sort of said goodbye. 
And I'm thinking, well, okay, we got plans now. <laughs> we got plans. And, and we couldn't afford a mortgage. We couldn't afford a thing. But we thought, well, God, you've taken it this far. So Sal and I, in those days, we never went out on Saturday night. Saturday night was our prayer night. And so what we'd do on our Saturday nights, we'd just pray for the church, pray for everyone. And we, we would, on our Saturday nights, get the plans out on our coffee table. And we would just pray over the plans. And so I said, well, God, thank you. God, thank you. We're believing. You said you were going to do something. Lord. We thank you for this thing here. We thank you for it. And um, nothing happened. And then... Uh, one day as we had the plans out, my elder brother, who was a very wealthy airline pilot, and he could build whatever he wanted, and God bless him. But he, he had no understanding in our life. No, he couldn't understand our life at all. And he came in and he saw the plans. He said, fantastic, you're going to do, build, do an extension. We said, yeah, we are, we are, we are. And uh, he said, when are you going to start? We said, well, we don't know. And he goes, what, what do you mean? You've got the plans there. You're obviously geared up for it. And I said, well, we, 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 um, we, we um, you know, we, we, um, we, we can't really afford to do anything uh, at the moment. And he just sort of laughed. <laughs> but then I, I felt God challenge me. I thought I can either just leave it there or I can make a confession of faith about the goodness of God. And so he was an unbeliever at the time. So I said, but you know what, Pete? We believe that if God wants to, he can cause someone to walk through that back door. And I pointed to the door. I could take you to the room. I could point to the chair that I was sitting in. I said, if God wants to, he can send someone through that back door and he can sit down at that table and he can write a check for the entire amount. That's what we believe. And my brother just laughed. Just laughed. But you know what? It was like the hairs went up on the thing. I looked at my wife across the room. And, was like, oh. and it was like, oh, I think God heard that. I think God heard that. Well, you know what? Long story short, a couple of months later, this man came, knocked down our door, totally unannounced. He'd only been maybe once or twice before. Came in, he had the plans out. He said, oh, what are you doing? He said, oh, we're, we're, we're going to be doing the extension, whatever. And uh, he said, oh, that's fantastic. And I said, yeah, we're, we're just, you know, we're, we're, just, um, we're just going to wait for the finance to come. And I said, oh, well, he said, have you got any plans? He said, no, we can't really afford the mortgage. And he said, well, he said, maybe, um, maybe I could help you. And uh, said, you know, maybe I could, um, you know, help you with that. And we said, well, that's, we really appreciate that. But, you know, even if you could afford to do that, we can't pay it back. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, what about, if, what about if I just gave you what you need? Long story short, a few days later, that man came back. He walked in the back door. He sat down at that table. He wrote out a check for $40,000, which back then was massive. Massive. When did that miracle happen? When did that miracle happen? That miracle happened when the spoken word went out. And, and I, I mean, that, that's, a, that's an extreme example, I know, but I could tell you again and again and again when the favor of God has been released because there's been a word of faith that has come out. And I don't mean blab and grab. If you want a Mercedes or you want a BMW, don't just start walking around saying, in Jesus' name, BMW, poof. Oh no, come on, please. Hear from God. Joshua had heard from God. Can I tell you as a church, as a man, as a woman, learn to lean into the voice of God. And when God puts a promise in your heart, I want to tell you it's time. 
Get rid of the old mindsets. Get rid of the old thinking. And let the words that come out of your mouth be a confession of His Word because heaven is going to lean in. And whatever that promise has been, whatever that need has been that God has seen, I'm telling you, the moment you start to obey, the moment you start to live in a confident expectation, heaven is going to lean in and good things are going to start to happen. Can you believe that tonight? I want you to stand to your feet if you would. I want to say, can we sing that song we sang earlier on? Um, it was a really good one right at the end. Um, you know, something about, yeah, I'll build my life. That's a really good thing. I told you I forget things. And uh, here's the thing. As we sing this, I, I felt God speak to me so clearly. You know, the, you know the story of Bartimaeus? If you don't know it, a quick summary. Bartimaeus is blind. Because he's blind in those days, every blind beggar had a, had a cloak. Bartimaeus would just sit by the side of the road with his cloak and everybody knew he was blind. Everybody knew he was a beggar. The cloak was his identity. He had no hope. All he could do all day was just cry out, cry out. Except one day he heard Jesus was coming by and he'd heard rumours about this guy, Jesus, how he worked miracles, he did awesome things. And the Bible says, as he walked, knew that Jesus was walking by, he started to call out, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me, Jesus. The people around about him told him to be quiet and they used bad language on him. And, but Jesus heard him. Yeah. Oh, come on. Jesus heard him. Yeah. I tell you, Jesus hears every time you cry. Yep. Yep. Every time you cry out. The Bible says the disciples told him to be quiet, but Jesus heard him and said, no, no, bring him to me, bring him to me. But here's the thing. The Bible is very specific. It said when Jesus said, come here, bring him to me, Bartimaeus threw off his cloak, threw off his cloak and hurried, ran to Jesus, a blind man running. But before he moved towards, he threw off the cloak. And the Word of the Lord is this tonight to people, as you come into 2022, it's time to throw off the cloak to throw off the cloak of disappointment, to throw off the cloak of fear, to throw off the cloak of past shame, to throw off the cloak of thinking that it's up to you, to throw off whatever limitation has been holding you back. Friends, as we sing this tonight, I want to encourage I want you to come forward tonight. The team are going to be here as they were before. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for you. That whatever that cloak has been, as you decide to come tonight, it'll be God. That is finished. That is over. And we're going to believe for confident expectation of the goodness of God to come over your lives. For someone here tonight, for parents, can I say this? It's time to believe again. For your children. It's time to believe again for your children. For someone else today, tonight, you've been struggling. I'll, I'll say it. You've been struggling with a, a pornography habit that's covered you with shame. It's just been lingering in the background, but God says tonight, throw that cloak off. Come with a confident expectation that as you come and say, God, I'm here, I'm willing to obey. I want to step out of that and into your grace and into the power of your Holy Spirit. Others tonight, there's been relationships. You need to step out of that relationship. You know it's not right. You need to step out of that relationship and say, God, you first, you first. Whatever your cloak is tonight, the Holy Spirit is saying, throw the cloak off. Come, let 
men, let women lay hands upon you and believe from this moment tonight a confident expectation of the goodness and the grace and the power and the love of God.